Welcome to the Root and the Fountain podcast, a lively conversation about all things prayer. Because as St. John Chrysostom says, prayer is the root, the fountain, and the mother of a thousand blessings. I'm your host, Veronica Jarski, a writer and creator of the Invisible Scar Passion Project. I'll be flying solo today. Kathy Duffy has retreats and talks to give, and I'm just a lady with a microphone and a lot of thoughts. So I thought I'd record 10 signs that your prayer life needs leveling up. So the 10th sign that your prayer life needs leveling up is the fact that you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this, then part of you must be thinking, hmm, I need to go deeper, go farther into my prayer life. And so that's a really good step to recognize the fact that you need that and to look for different ways to get deeper into your prayer life. It's so easy not to recognize it and to just think, everything's fine. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been praying like this. I've been praying like that. And I'm comfortable because if there's anything that is, is a death to the spiritual life, it's, to, it's comfortable. It's comfort. If you're feeling like you're good where you are and everything's fine, then you're not good and not everything is fine because the faith is a very organic growing thing. It either gets better or gets worse. It's just like in love. Love increases or it decreases. Love never stays the same. And because prayer is love, that's the same thing. If it stays the same, it's not growing. So the very fact that you're listening to a podcast about maybe the fact that you need to go a little deeper in your prayer life, it's a good thing. It's a recognition that something needs to change. The ninth sign is that you're praying the same prayers. If you're always saying, bless us, O Lord, and these I gifts before every meal, if your every night always includes the Our Father and that's it, if you always say the same prayers, and if you always say the same prayers with the same cadence, that's also a sign that you need to change things up. Now, there's nothing wrong with set prayers. I love set prayers. I also love spontaneous prayers, which are those random prayers like just woo from the movement of the spirit that you just you know, just say it spontaneously, hence the term spontaneous prayer. But how we say those set prayers matters. If we're praying a rosary or if we're just saying it in our Father, how are we saying it? Are we saying it like this? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those trespasses against us. So there's not two temptations to deliver us from evil. Amen. Because a lot of people do it like that. I've done it like that. Everyone does it like that. But the important thing is not to do it like that. So when we pray, are we changing it? Are we thinking, okay, this time I'm going to pray the Our Father, and I'm going to focus on a different aspect of it. Today, I'm just going to focus on the Our Father part. Or you're praying the Hail Mary, and you're like, I'm really going to focus on the full of grace. What does that mean to me? And you reflect on these parts. Are you saying them slower or more thoughtfully? And are you always saying just the same prayers? Because... This, the Bible is full of prayers. The Psalms are all the prayers. And you can hear, you know, the canticle of Mary. My soul magnifies the greatness of the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That's a huge prayer. A lot of times, especially Catholics, we have so many prayer cards. You go to any Catholic bookstore, there's like a thousand little prayer cards. And it seems like if you're a Catholic woman, you always have these in your, in your purse. Right now, real quick test. Open up your purse. And see how many little prayer cards you have. I did that the other day when I was looking for a receipt because everything goes in my purse. 
to die apparently and to, or to live there forever. And I opened it and I'm like, I didn't know I had a, a prayer card to St. Gemma. Oh, look, I have a novena to St. Anthony of Padua. So it's good to, to have these different prayers and to incorporate those. So when someone sent you a prayer card or if you're at a store and you see like, look, there's a different saint I've never heard about. Just pick up, pick up those prayer cards and try to incorporate them and see how you feel about them. For a long time, we didn't have the uh, St. Michael prayer in our, in our home. In our set prayers, we had a lot of them, but not St. Michael the Archangel. And I don't know why, because it's such a powerful prayer. And at some point I realized, oh, we don't have this as part of our prayer repertoire. So we included that and we just start praying together as a family and that's how you remember it. Or then someone will find a new prayer, like the Divine Mercy Prayer. That's a prayer that's really been incorporated more in my life. So it's not that the set prayers are bad. It's just not good to always have the same ones or not to add to it and to grow and to listen to new ones. And again, it's like, are you ever in a hurry and you're on the phone and you tell something and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you. Later. Okay, I love you. Bye. And you hang up. That I love you. Bye. It's it's great that you said I love you. But how, how many times do we say it and really don't have like the, I don't know, it just isn't, I'm sure the person doesn't exactly feel it on the other side. Because I know I've sometimes said I love you. Bye. So we'll try to make a conscious effort that'll go, okay, I love you. And it's okay. I love you too. And we hang up and it's more meaningful. And it's not that we don't love each other. It's just taking that time makes such a difference. So the same thing with our, the prayers that we have. So the eighth sign that your prayer life needs some leveling up, leveling up is that you're praying with the same people all the time. The same people might be just you. You might just be praying by yourself or you're always praying with your kids and your husband or your friend or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever. You're always praying with the same people. Now, of course, you're going to pray with some people more than others. I'm going to pray more with my, my family because we all live in the same house and we see each other all the time. You know, we all have our meals together. Not every meal, but a lot of meals together. So yeah, it's a lot of the same people. But our prayer life can be stagnant if we don't include others. Like if you, have, if you go and have coffee with a friend before you say goodbye, just, hey, how, how can I pray for you? And then you sit there or stand there and you pray together. It doesn't have to be the most dramatic thing in the world. It can just be a casual, what do you need me to pray for this? Okay, Lord, and you just start your prayer. We're called to be witnesses. And not witnesses just, you know, under our roof, but also to the world in our faith. So, you know, take some time that when you're out there and you do see your friends, make prayer part of your outside life, not just the home life, but your whole life in general. And how you do that is by praying the people around you. Say you talk to someone at church. You can say, can I pray for you? You want to pray together. Hey, before we, before we leave, you want to say a prayer together? Or if you're walking around the neighborhood, you've heard me say this before. If you're walking around the neighborhood and you run into someone and they're talking and they're going through a hard time or they're going through a great time or whatever kind of time they're going through, before you leave, you can say, hey, you want to say a prayer together? Stuff like that. So we do need to mix up because if we're not talking to different people, um, how much are we actually evangelizing? Because we're, we're told that people will know we're Christians by our love, and love incorporates prayer. Prayer is a way that we show others how much we love them, that we are able to love everyone so much more is because we get to pray for them. So if you're praying for the same people, you got to mix it up, okay, a little bit. You don't have to go out there and start praying with every single person you meet, although that would be kind of, well, to be honest, it would be kind of awesome. But mix it up. The seventh sign... Yeah, your prayer life needs leveling up 
is you're praying for the same amount of time. So if you always pray for like five minutes before your day starts and you pray five minutes at the end of the day and it's been like 10 years and it's the still amount, same amount of time, then, you know, you gotta, gotta add some more prayer time. Because when we love to do something, we find more and more time to do those things. I was remembering that when I started adoration, at first, those, <laughs> those first five minutes were so long. They were long, long minutes. And I'd sit there and i think, okay, I've heard of saints who are here for days in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And in my own life, I know people who are in front of the Blessed Sacrament for an hour or two hours. And it's like, it's like a blink to them. And I kept thinking, I can't make it through five minutes because my mind keeps wandering. I get distracted by outdoor sounds. I get sleepy because my life doesn't have a total amount of quiet because of just a very busy work life and a home life. And now suddenly I'm in this chapel and it's really peaceful and it's nice and cozy. And then those first five minutes, really tough. But then what you do is you, you just try. You just, you say, I was there for five minutes. I think, Lord, please help me to really appreciate this time with you. Help me to set more time with you. Help me to love to pray. That was my prayer. Huh, I'd forgotten about that until right now, actually. That's really funny. I forgot that for so many years, I'd asked, Lord, please help me to love to pray. Please, God, help me to learn to pray. And now I just realized the irony that I have a podcast about prayer. It's like, wow, that's like a lot, Lord. <laughs> you went far beyond what I thought you'd do. Oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about that. That is amazing. Okay, so right there, that's proof. So just, you know, stay, stay for five minutes and say, well, I'm going to try. Lord, please help me pray a little bit more. So you pray for five minutes You really try to focus and add, like, make it 10. And then after like a month, maybe two months, it depends how long you can get to 10 minutes. Then after that, go, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. And then you'll find yourself in the morning praying much longer amounts of time and at night as well. And you can also incorporate prayers throughout your day when you're driving, when you're waiting for something, maybe... I don't know. You know what I do sometimes if when I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom because I drink tons of water, I'll wake up, go to the restroom, and when I come back, I say a prayer. I'm up. And the house is quiet. What better time to say a prayer? So just incorporate more time to pray. Of course, like you'll read, and I've heard a lot of people say this, of course you'll read that your whole life is a prayer. And that is absolutely true. If you, you know, if you live with that, with your gaze on the Lord, with your, with your heart set on him, then yes, everything you do in that day that is good is to him. And it is a prayer. But we do need that special time, just like when we have, like I know I have I have a lot of really good friends. And I know and I know they love me. And I hope they know I love them. But also we do need that special time to have a coffee together. Everything always centers around coffee. Like a coffee, <laughs> coffee or tea together. It has to be a hot beverage for some reason. That's the rule. But we knew we do need to have that special time together. And it's that same thing in prayer. I can spend the whole day trying to make my whole day offering to God, but it's also special for me to go, okay, like my busy day is over. I'm now going to take some time in the evening to just spend one-on-one on one time with the Lord because that's so significant. Yes, throughout the day, praying a little bit, praying whenever I can. St. Ignatius recommends that we take time in the afternoon to reflect on our day, like halfway through your day. Think, wait, what good did I do? Praise God. What did I do that wasn't so great? Sorry, Lord, help me to do better. He says it far better than I just did, but that was the gist of it. So this 
six, where am I at? Uh, the sixth sign that your prayer life needs leveling up is that you're hanging around with the same holy saints, well, same holy friends all the time. As you know from my previous podcast, um, I do have my my favorites. My favorites are Maximilian Colby and Miguel Pro. For a while there, I thought, oh, could I love any other saint as much? The answer is no, but can I, <laughs> but can I love another saint a lot also? Because I do love other saints, of course. You read about St. Therese, and it's impossible not to love her. And Mother Teresa, same with Don Paul II, and Teresa of Avila, very significant to the beginning of my return to the Catholic faith. There are other saints that I really like, but like, you know, you have your acquaintances, you have your friends, and then you have your like inner circle. And for a long time in my inner circle, I just had Miguel and Max. But then a few years ago when I was laid off, I was having a horrible, horrible time trying to find a new job. And I went to, I went down some crazy little routes on um, in different agencies and stuff like that. But what happened is someone sent me a link to St. Jose Maria Escriva, and I had barely heard of him before. All I knew about him was that he was Spanish and that years ago, Dan Brown had written this hideous book, uh, an incredible ignorant book called The Da Vinci Code. And in it, Opus Dei was this horrible organization, this evil organization and that Jose Maria was the founder of it. So I'd read the book just because someone had it and said, you have to read this book. It's so interesting. And it was interesting if you find a bunch of convoluted plot points and misinformation interesting. So after I read that, I went to Catholic Answers that broke down the the real facts about Opus Dei. So it was my understanding of it, of Opus Dei. And, um, and so I know briefly about him. So when I saw this link, I thought, oh, that's funny, Jose Maria. I remember, you know, defending him in, uh, in conversations with people who were like, you have to read this book because you'll realize that the Catholic Church is terrible. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I defended Jose Maria. But then I started looking at his life. The stuff that he said about work, about work being holy, was so huge to me. Because I was thinking, I'm looking for work, and I'm looking for meaningful work, a place where I can make a difference. And, and I want to be this kind of worker. I want to be a worker infused with the joy of being able to use my abilities, the God, my God-given abilities. So reading about that and studying his life and then seeing his videos, because he gave retreats in, I mean, he's a modern saint, so you can go to YouTube and see videos of this saint. So he started becoming part of um, my little inner circle. And then I start, I read The Way and it was fantastic. There's snippets every, The Way is like a little snippet, like here's two lines to reflect on. And some of those things that he wrote have been so ingrained now into who I am and my understanding of what a prayer is and how I want prayer to infuse my life. And I don't know if I would have understood the depth of my own feelings towards prayer and how I can deepen it, if not for the lens that I was given through reading Jose Maria. If I had just stuck to the same saints, I wouldn't have fallen in love with this new saint. And so I think it's that way a lot for, for us Catholics. We do have our favorites and special devotions, and we have our best friends. I've said before that Maximilian Colby is my spiritual father, and Blessed Miguel is my spiritual brother. Now I feel like, you know, Jose Maria, maybe he's my spiritual uncle. <laughs> or he can be my brother too, I guess. You just start learning more about different saints, and they can help you. And even if you had a saint that you heard about a long time ago, 
and maybe they didn't strike you at the time, you're a different person now. So revisit some of them. When I was younger, the saints I loved tended to be, well, besides Maximilian Colby, were all the ones that would help you pass tests. St. Joseph, St. <laughs> St. Joseph of Cupertino was my guy for every saint, uh, every saint, every test having anything to do with math. And I was able to get my degree because of St. Joseph of Cupertino because there is no way, no how that I passed geometry in college without some divine intervention. And he helped, pray to God, help me pass it. So it's good to, to add new friends to your inner circle. You know, we can learn so much from them. So let's see, uh, reason sign number five that your prayer life needs to be leveled up. Number five is how you treat others. Prayer is something that changes us. You know, we can't change God. God is eternal and he doesn't change. Our perception of him changes. We find him more loving, kinder, colder, sweeter, stricter. That's all our perception of him. But he is steady and stead. He's steadfast in his love for us and his love. He is love. How we pray does affect how we treat other people. If you've been praying, like say, I don't know, I'm just going to use a random example, but say you've been praying the rosary for like a year, but you're still like yelling at people and still acting horribly and there's been no change at all, that's not a good thing because there change, change should come from your prayer life. Prayer is supposed to make us, it's supposed to soften our hearts, to make us more receptive to God. Is supposed to cause change in our lives. So if we're praying and we're not being changed, we must be doing something wrong. Even, I'm not saying that like you pray and suddenly you're like leaving the house and saying, I'm going to become a missionary and do this amazing thing. Obviously that does happen in some cases. What I mean is, say you struggle terribly with your temper and you're praying and you're praying and you're exactly at the same point you were when you started, that's a bit concerning. Maybe you need to start adding more prayers, adding more time to your prayers, adopting a saint who struggled with his temper. I know St. Jerome did, but something should change. I'm not saying that it will be completely abolished because I have, um, I have a lot of my, I have a lot of sins and I have some that I struggle with deeply and I do pray and they have, I have been able to fight them better, but I still have to fight them. It'd be great if I didn't have to fight those anymore. That'd be fantastic. But I fight them. I fall. I get up. I fight them. I fall. I get up. And sometimes it'd be if I'm praying more consistently, if I'm praying more, if I'm doing some sacrifices, the time between those falls grows wider. So I pray. So maybe I'm sinning those sins, but less regularly. Prayers should be changing something within our hearts. And that means in how we treat other people. Because love is to be shared. Love is to spill over. It should be something that colors everything we do. It pours out of us. So if we're if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's just it's to reach out to others because God cares. We're all connected, right? The Lord, we're all his children. God wants us to share that with everybody. Prayer is very important for that. Be mindful of how you treat others. The fourth sign of why you might need leveling up in your prayer life is because you're not seeing the fruits of your prayer life. If you pray a lot for things, you should be seeing things happening. Not because you have like 
a spell book, if you have like this magical incantation or anything like that. I mean, it's not like that. You don't pray and you say the right words and boom, hey, you, you won the lottery. Hey, you, boom, someone just got a little miracle there. Boom, this all this magical stuff happens. It's not magic. When you do unite your prayers, things do happen. Kathy and I talked about it in another episode about prayer requests. It's really important to write down the things you pray for because you will see things happen. When you pray for other people, you will see movement. You will see miracles happen. I've seen some amazing, amazing things happen in people's lives. And so, and I'll think, wow, like a bunch of us were praying for that. You'll see things. You'll bear witness to, to God's love and how God loves so abundantly that he answers some prayers in an amazing way. But if you're not seeing a lot of things happening, it's a good time to reflect and to think, why, why do I pray a lot and things aren't happening? There could be so many different reasons. A good thing to always do, of course, is to, to participate in the sacraments regularly. Well, the sacraments you can, because you can't re- participate in all of them. But um, I can't participate in holy orders, for example. And someone who has holy orders can't participate really in this, you know, in the, <laughs> the sacraments so, of, of matrimony. So, but if you, you know, go to confession and you receive the Eucharist regularly, these are things that keep us, keep our souls infused with the Holy Spirit. It helps us to stay clean. It helps us to keep our baptismal garment clean. If you're not seeing a lot of movement in your prayers, think about, hey, when's the last time I went to confession? Because I want to say it was Bishop Barron in a talk or something, but how how we see the world, or it's like if you're looking through a windshield and you know it gets muddied through the through the grime of life, of going through life. And when you go to confession, it's like clearing off your windshield and then you're able to see things clearly. So going to confession will help you to do that, you know, something like that, to clear off your worldview and to be able to see things a little more clearly, to be focused on God more. And then maybe your prayers, they'll be different somehow. They'll be stronger. The third sign that your prayer life needs leveling up is that you're not praying every day. When's the last time you prayed? Okay, so when's the last time you prayed that wasn't over a meal? These are good things to think about. When was the last time that you sat before the Lord in adoration? When's the last time you prayed through scripture? When was the last time that you sat in silence, whether it was in a quiet room in your house, if there's no quiet room, it was in the backyard, hidden from everyone, or in the shower even. When were, was the last time that you had some quiet time, just you and God? When my heart turned cold, I would say, it grew cold little by little. It was the small things, right? What did they say the, that the, was it C.S. Lewis that said that the path to the Lord is a gentle, is a gentle, the path away from the Lord is a gentle slope. It's not like you're suddenly there and you're like, boom, I forgot everything. We're like, oh, you know, I'm in a hurry. I don't have enough time. So I'm not going to say this prayer. You know, oh my gosh, I'm in such a rush. I'll pray more tomorrow. And then it's one day and that's two days, three days. Then you might find yourself missing mass. You're like, oh, you know what? This one time is no big deal. I'm really busy. I have so much to do. I have to go to so-and-so's house. And I'm, and you have like all these good reasons for like alleged good reasons for why you don't go to mass. And those add up. And suddenly you're just not going to mass anymore. It can happen. It happened to me. It could be a very gradual process that we turn from him. Like right now, I'm recording this podcast about prayer and I'm talking to you guys. Hey, you know, you need to pray every day. And I sound like very like faithful, right? 
and I sound very energized for God and I sound so happy and joyful for him. But you know what? I could turn and <laughs> you never know in like, maybe I'll stop. I'll get lazy and tired one day. Maybe one bad thing will happen in my life and I'll slowly start turning away from him. And then suddenly I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like doing this. And suddenly, you know what? I'm not a prayerful person at all. I've turned from him because gradually I've given myself excuses to not do things that I know I should. And then like years from now, you can go, whatever happened to that? You know, oh, guess what? She just, you know, she just doesn't do anything anymore. She doesn't talk about prayer anymore. I'm not putting past me. I know who I am and I know what I'm capable of. And I would never say that, oh, I would never say that I would never do something. <laughs> you know, I would never say, oh, I'm never going to turn from God. Oh, I'm never going to feel this way. Oh, I'm never going to not be Catholic because left to my own devices, I don't even know what I know how dark I can be and how sad I can be and lost. So I'm here for, but for the grace of God. And so part of that is just to be attentive, to be attentive to the Lord, to be focused on him to clutch his gar clutch his the hem of his gown so hard and not let go. And so that is how and and how we let go is like okay, so imagine like you're holding the hem you know like the what was it the hemorrhaging woman in the bible who's just like if i can just touch his cloak right? So if i'm grabbing his cloak and following him, that's how that's how i'm going through life. I'm just clutching it. But if I start not to pray every day, that's like my fingers – like in the movies when someone's holding on the cliff and they just – the villain takes one finger off at the time like, you know, just curls him up. To not pray is to curl my fingers up and to let go. And suddenly that can happen. So you don't want that to happen. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. Pray every day. Pray if you don't even feel like it. Because there's a lot of things we do even if we don't feel like it. Like I tell my kids, um, I had heard a – I heard the – some talk. I wish I could remember who it was on, uh, it was Life Teen. It was a talk they had. And the person said, the speaker said that there's things that we do and we have to do them and we don't even give ourselves excuses. We just do it, right? Like he said, like how many of us as a parent, like do you wake up and you think, I don't feel like it today. But how many, <laughs> how many people you wake up as a parent and you go, I don't feel like it today and you actually don't. Like you're like, okay, and you just leave the house. And you don't do anything with your kids. No one gets driven anywhere. No one gets fed. You just don't do any of the things you're supposed to. No one, right? Because you just do it anyways. We spend time with our family even if we don't feel like it. We feed kids even though we don't feel like it. When our kids act up and we want to be really upset with them, but we don't leave the house screaming and running for our lives because that's not the thing to do. We have to do what we have to do and we do it. And it's the same thing with prayer. You don't feel like praying, still do it. The feelings will come later, but the prayer, the, the, the setting down and praying is a decision that we make. And it's a decision that we as children of God are obedient to our Father and we spend time with Him every day. You don't feel like it, so what? I don't care. There's a lot of things I don't feel like doing every day. I get really tired. My work is really, I love my work, but it's a lot. And sometimes I wake up and I do not feel like going there. I do. And then, of course, then the course of my day gets better and I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. But we still do it. But for some reason, we give ourselves that excuse when it comes to talking before God, our, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For some reason, we have the chutzpah to say, eh, I don't feel like talking to you today. That's crazy. That's crazy that we don't do it. So do it. Don't rely on those feelings of like, I don't feel cozy and warm when I pray. 
You will. At some point, you will. At some, when you show up enough, at some point, you will feel those cozy feelings. And you'll be infused with so much love and warmth and goodness. And you'll be like, oh my goodness, praying is the best thing ever. And you'll be so consoled and it'll be amazing. And then you won't feel it for a while. And then you'll feel like, oh, wow, this is really dry. But you keep praying and the good feelings will come back. But we don't do it just because of the good feelings. We do it out of obedience. Pray, even if you don't feel like it. Okay, the second sign that your prayer life needs leveling up is that you're just not growing. I can't even express to you how many times as the director of Welcome Home, I heard people say, I, I went to Catholic school. I learned this. I know all I need to know. That to me is so funny. <laughs> uh, that you think you need to, because you know why it's funny to me? Because I was exactly the same way, exactly the same way. And I and I find that so funny and incredibly embarrassing. And it's so horrifying that I was even that way. But I remember, you know, my newlywed husband going to RCIA with him and him saying, Radhika, come to, come to RCIA with me. And I'd think, why do I have to go? Like, I already know all that. And he's like, no, 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 you really should come. I'm learning all these different things. And I think, you know, I went to Catholic school from uh, fifth grade to eighth grade. <laughs> it wasn't even that long. From fifth grade to eighth grade. And I know all these things. You know, we'd go, we'd go to mass together. He'd stay after to learn all his RCIA things. I'd go home to watch football. And he would say, he'd come home and share something that he learned. And at some point he started sharing things I had no idea. I'm like, what? Where does it say that? And then he'd show me where it said that in the Bible. I'm like, what? Or he'd share a story. I'm like, I have never heard that story. And then suddenly he would show it to me in the Bible or it was in the catechism. And I was learning stuff. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So then he'd invite me and I'd go. And I went to RCIA with him. And, oh, I should probably explain. RCIA is the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. And it's a program that lasts, it depends on, you know, one to two to three years for people who want to become Catholic. And my husband had been not baptized, so he was in it for about two and a half years. Anyways, not everyone does for two and a half years, but he was a special case. So I went with him, and I just learned so much stuff. And I remember thinking, how did I not know this? And I asked someone, I said, how do I not know this? I went to Catholic school. I went there. I learned this stuff. And I wasn't like, I went to Catholic school and I didn't pay attention. I was the happiest little Catholic geeky girl ever at Catholic school. I loved it. And the person said to me, that's because you were a child. And when you're a kid, you learn things, but then you need to deepen it as you grow. As you're an adult, you're relying on your kid knowledge, but you need to have adult knowledge. And I was like, well, that makes sense. And so that's when I realized there was so much I didn't know. So much I didn't know. So much I don't know. My goodness. There's some things. I mean, thank goodness for Pints with Aquinas where I can learn some points of Aquinas because I've never read him. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I hear about and I think, wow, there's so much. There's, it's, it's people. The Catholic Church has been around for more than 2,000 years. And our roots are in Judaism. Our roots go way back, all the way to Abraham, and then before him, all the way back to Adam. I mean, we have that many years of good people thinking, writing, studying, the councils hashing things out, our, de our developing understanding of who God is, because he's eternal and not changing, but we are always growing. 
Um, it doesn't feel like we're always growing, but we are. It's so important to constantly be learning in the faith. I'm not saying that you have to do this whole crazy process of, you know, I'm going to go to enroll in college courses and learn more about my faith, although you can do that. But is are there other ways that you can learn? You can go to the formed website and take some of the classes there. The, you know, the Ascension Press has great short videos discussing things. Bishop Barron has great content. Word on, the Word on Fire Institute. There's so many different ways to learn things. At your church, you can take a Bible class. You can take a catechism class. There's so many things that you can do to constantly be growing. Because if we, when we love somebody, we want to learn more and more about them. For example, when I was a kid, I used to love, <laughs> do I dare the band? Do I dare reveal the band? Well, I will. Okay. When I was very young, um, I used to love a band. I just loved Duran Duran. It was a band when I was a kid. And um, I particularly loved Simon Le Bon. He was, he was my guy. And all the other girls like John Taylor, but I was like, no, no, Simon's different. He's deep. He writes all the, he writes all the lyrics. So, <laughs> and I loved Simon. So I tried to learn so much about Simon. Like, how did he get inspired to write his lyrics? How did he get together with the band? How did he do this? How did he do that? I just want to know everything about Simon Le Bon. <laughs> that's a name I never thought I'd mention in a podcast. And that's a name I probably have not mentioned since I was a child. <laughs> but out of love for him, I wanted to know more and more about him. And unlike God, Simon Le Bon does have a limit. And he uh, hides from the press. And, you know, that was, I can only grow in my understanding so far. So that's enough about Simon Le Bon. But God is eternal and he wants us to know him more and more. And we cannot completely understand him. We will never completely plunge the depths of God and understand him fully. And that's great because as someone who likes to geek out on things, like when I love something, I love something. I was obsessed for a while there. Greek history. I still kind of am actually. And I read about Alexander of Macedonia, Alexander the Great. And so I read a book about him. And then I read another book about him. And then I read maybe like five books about him because I found it fascinating. And the different theories about certain things, fascinating. So I read all these books about him. And I just was like, okay, I read so much about him and then saw, I didn't watch the movie actually because um, I heard it wasn't good, but I read about him, saw documentaries, blah, 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 blah. And then I, you know, I was tired. And then I'm like, okay, I am Alexander of Macedonia out. Because you know what? There's only so much you can read. And then you get tired. That's not true with God. You're never, I'm never going to know everything about God. I'm never going to get to the point where I'm like, well, I know enough about God. I guess I'm done. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen ever. If it is, someone come and slap me upside the head because I am having really bad, like that's just a dumb thought. <laughs> don't really slap me. I don't believe we should like hit each other. And so you can't know everything there is. When it comes to learning about the faith, find something that you're passionate about in the faith. Because the faith is a big thing. Maybe you realize that you tend to, when you read scripture, first of all, you should always read scripture, but maybe you're like, you know, I really like doing Bible studies more. Or maybe you're like, oh, I really like to study the catechism more. Or maybe I really like praise and worship because I feel like I'm more, just whatever, just do something and do more of it that will bring you closer to God. Don't be stagnant. Stagnant is death to the faith. Don't ever think, I'm good. It's, it's death to your soul. It really is. 
I cannot, I cannot convey this thought enough. It's so sad because what you're doing is you're telling God, even though you created everything, even though you gave us the word, which is ever ancient, ever new, even though you are infinite through time and space and everything, that I, this human, who's lived for only a short amount of time in the span of eternity, think I know pretty much already and everything I need to know. And that is so arrogant and so limiting and so cold because you're telling God, no, I don't want to be closer to you. And I say that all to you, to you listeners, not in the way that I am judging you for saying that, but I'm talking to, I'm talking to myself for being that way a long time ago and to keep myself in check, not to be that way again. It's so easy to do that, but let's not do that. And the number one sign that your prayer life needs to be leveled up is that you're praying. Do you pray? Okay, you need to level it up. That's it. Because prayer, as I've mentioned, and this is the theme, I guess, of all these signs, is that prayer is a thing that grows. Prayer is a, prayer is a verb. It's an action. It must be done. And if you're praying, there's always things that can come from it. There's things to learn things to do, friends to make, people to pray with, to pray for. If you're praying, you need to step it up. We all need to step it up. So, and as a Catholic, that's what we're called to do. The Mass is a prayer. So maybe the next time you go to Mass, just think about all the prayers that are in there and how it is the ultimate prayer. And we can never completely understand everything that's happening there. And that's such a beautiful thing because there's always going to be something new. And so to recap very quickly, the 10 signs that you need to level up your prayer life is number 10, you're, you're listening to this podcast. Number nine, it's the same prayers, same prayers all the time, every time. Number eight, you're praying with the same people. Number seven, you're praying the same amount of time. Number six, you're praying with the same saints. Didn't get any new friends, same ones. Number five, it's how you treat others. Number four, you're not seeing any fruits. Number three, you're not praying every day. Number two, you're just not growing. And number one, if you're praying, you're praying, you need to level up. So those were my 10 signs. And if you do have any questions or comments, do feel free to email me. I'm Veronica. And you can email me at therootandthefountain at gmail.com. So why don't we wrap up with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of prayer. Thank you so much that you allow us to call upon you, to enter in your high court, and to stand before you, our King, and to be able to lift our voices, not just on our behalf, but those of others. We ask you, Lord, to please stoke the fire of prayer in our hearts. Help us to love you more. Help us to appreciate you more. Help us to make more time for you. Help us to be bonfires of prayer. Infuse our soul with the Holy Spirit so that we can share your love with others. For all that we, all the good that we did, we give you thanks, Lord, and we know it's because of you. For all that we've done today that's far from you, 
For you know it's just us, and we ask for your forgiveness. And give us the grace and the patience and the love to follow you more closely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.